Um, basically, your kitchen and your bathrooms are your main rooms where you're going to recoup almost 100% of your cost. Right. Um, so and we tell anybody that's looking at trying to improve that way is, you know, and, and of course, they're the most expensive rooms to do, too. All right. Hello and welcome to episode number 10. We have finally made 10 episodes here. Haldeman Norfolk County Real Estate Hacks. Uh, I'm your host, Adam Walker, your friend in the mortgage business. Thank you so much for all the support. I, I can't, I, you know, I, I, we started this 10 weeks ago. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how many we get or, or how often we would, uh, we would grow on this, but uh, the feedback's been incredible. Last week, we kicked off our Wednesday webinar series with our One Property Away Blueprint, uh, showing you exactly how to get into the investment market. Uh, this week, this week we go to how to buy a vacation property. You can buy a vacation property with as little as 5% down. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about seven secrets you need to know when buying your first home. And then we finish up the month with, uh, with a cash flow, how to, how to use your equity in your home to increase cash flow. Um, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, increasing equity with our, our guest today. We've got Brenda Cooper from BC Appraisals, uh, a little bit different than, than some of the realtors we talked about, but Brenda's going to share some, some great insights with us today. Uh, she's been an appraiser here in Norfolk County for, uh, for a while now. And, uh, welcome to the show, Brenda. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks Adam. Awesome. So let's start with that. How, how long have you been doing this for? I've been doing it for over 30 years, 30 years. 30 years. Wow. I, I, you've probably seen a lot of changes in the, uh, in the real estate market and in the appraising world. Yes, I have. The, when you get in this business, you see, as I tell everybody, A to Z. Yeah. You, you, you would see it all. You would see it all. Exactly. Yeah. So how, how, how does that come? How do you get into being an appraiser? Well, what you have to do now, it's changed over time. What you have to do now is you have to have a university degree. Okay. So there is a course through Guelph University that you can take um, that also picks up some of the appraisal courses. Right. Um, but it also gives you a degree in the real estate side, okay. um, which covers off planning, um, real estate, appraising, all that kind of stuff. Right. Then also on top of that, you need to take some courses through the Appraisal Institute of Canada, and that would be through UBC University which some are online, some are not. Um, and then once you finish your courses off, you also have to do what they call articling or you know, basically co-op is what it would be. Right. And right. then once you're done that, um, then you can proceed, you know, you can either take the CRA route or the AACI route. Right. So it's an in-depth, there's a lot of learning, there's a lot of things you need to know to be an appraiser. There is a lot. Yes. No, that's, that's good. So, so tell us a little bit what, you know, when we're, what role does the appraiser, you know, usually play when, when buying or selling a home? Well, when buying a home, we, um, we've been called in to, um, either confirm prices mm -hmm. or not confirm prices basically right. is what it would boil down to. Right. Um, so as, um, for a buyer, um, we've been called in to do the appraisal for financing normally. Right. Sometimes a buyer will reach out to us and ask us to go in when they're getting ready to do an offer or during the offer process. Right. And um, they just want to know if the property's worth what they would be paying. 
For the financing side, um, we uh, are doing it for the bank. So right. we're out there representing the bank. And um, you go through the same process. It's just the intended use might be different because for the buyer, it would be to buy for the lender. It would be for financing. Right. Right. Um, now also we will be called in um, on the seller side um, when they're getting ready to put their house on the market, they may want to know where to start with an asking price. So they'll get us to come in and do current market value on it. Right. So, so tell me with, with current market value, what, what, you know, what criteria do you use to determine what the value of a property is? We go through the process of, um, I'll go through the, actually the appraisal process from kind of A to Z. Um, what we do is the request comes in, we go out and we physically take a look at the property. When we're looking at the property, we do a walk through every single room in the house, including basement, second story, whatever's there. And then we do a walk around um, outside as well get into some measuring, taking pictures. Right. Um, then what ends up happening, that information we bring back to the office and we go through the process of looking for comparable sales. Now, not all two houses are the same. Right. So what you have to do is get into making adjustments where necessary. Um, square footage is a big one. If yours has got extras, garage that kind of thing. Sometimes lot size will come into play. It all depends on what the market's doing. Right. And then basically you end up with a range in value because we have to have a minimum of three comparables in a report. So those comparables would give you a range in value. And then you have to, for lending purposes, you need to pinpoint that range, whether it be on the lower, higher or mid range. Right. right. But it's all based on um, sales in the market. And we use, lenders don't like to see us use sales more than, you know, 90 days, six months. Right. Um, sometimes it's difficult depending on the property. So we do go upward to one year if we have to, but we like the most recent sales. Right, right. And, and I think what the key there is too is you're talking about sales, not listing. So whatever you're, anybody can list their property for whatever they want. That really doesn't give it any value, right? No, you're right. The property has to have sold for us to use it. Now, once in a while, I have used listings as a comparable four and five, just to show what the market's doing. Right. But um, for us to put emphasis on anything, it has to be a sale. Sale. And, and that, that's generally a firm sale. So something that's actually closed. Is that correct? Well, that's where you get into a little bit of discrepancy with appraisers because we do use pending sales okay. um, as well as closed sales. Right. And the problem with um, not using pending sales is what happens if that sale doesn't close for six months? Right. Then it becomes even an older sale yes. than what you, you know, you like to use. Now, the other thing is, too, if we're using pending sales, because we know some lenders now don't like it, whereas before they never asked that question. Right. Um, what we'll do is we'll throw in a couple extra sales, throw the pending sale in, but then, you know, might have four comparables or five comparables that have closed. Right. Um, and it just kind of shows what the market's doing. Right. Right. So now you talk about that, you know, in, in terms of criteria. Right. So you said some lenders have different criteria. So if I go out and I just say, you know, I want to, I want to sell my house um, versus 
you know, the bank comes to you and says he wants to sell a house, sometimes that might have two different values, right? Because can, can you explain that a little bit of why, you know, maybe a bank's criteria, and especially when you get into more unique properties that might have acres or might have, you know, maybe I've got a, an outbuilding or, you know, we're starting to see auxiliary dwelling units, right? That, that secondary home. How would that affect the, the, the value differently? Well, with, um, with the individual or the owner of the property, normally we go in and we would value the whole property. So let's just say a hobby farm, 25 acres, it's got a path barn on it. Right. Um, we would go in and we'd value the entire property for the owner. Mm-hmm. The lender on the flip side of that doesn't always allow us to include total acreage. Right. Doesn't allow us to include an outbuilding. And especially if there's an attached garage, mm-hmm. um, that's their guidelines. That's nothing to do with us. Right. And we have to follow their guidelines. Right. So what, what ends up happening to that 25 acre hobby farm is we can only include, let's say the um, lenders criteria is 15 acres right. and no outbuilding. Right. So we can only value the house on 15 acres and the other 10 acres is ignored. And so is that pack farm, right. which you might not come up with a purchase price mm-hmm. because that extra acreage in the pack barn do add value to the property. Sure. And it's very frustrating when a buyer isn't aware of that um, when we're you know, using the lender's criteria right. um, So, or even an owner. Because sometimes we'll go in there for refinancing and have the same scenario. Um, So it's very frustrating for us because we'll get the phone call and say, well, how can you, you know, and there's nothing we can do about it. Right, right. But but definitely good information to have. And when when you're working with your lender to know what exactly the guidelines are for for clients that to to know exactly what we're looking at and, and building on that. Absolutely. No. Okay. So you talked about, you know, market trends and changing you know, how, how do you take into account, you know, what, you know, the market trends are and how that's building up or up and down when, when you're doing the appraisal? What we have to do is you have to look at what pricing's doing because it boils down to pricing. Right. Um, in that regard. And you have to pay close attention, especially over the COVID time. You have to pay close attention to what prices are doing right. um, because they increase so quickly. Yeah. But if you've also got concrete sales and and whether they're pending or they're closed but concrete sales um that's what you go by so as your prices increase you see that over time mm-hmm. no different than on the flip side of that decreasing which you know everyone's talking about now and and you will notice there has been some decreases in certain properties right. there's still some that are are you know selling quite good Yes. So let's look at this. If I, if I own my home, what improvements can I make that would get the most value to increase the value of my home? It's interesting. You asked that question. Um, we get that question actually every so often. And, um, basically your kitchen and your bathrooms are your main rooms where you're going to recoup almost hundred percent of your cost. Right. Um, so and we tell anybody that's looking at trying to improve that way is, you know, and, and of course they're the most expensive rooms to do too. Of course they are. Um, but, um, that's the two rooms that you would concentrate on. Um, your basement is probably one of the lesser recoup 
um, cost-wise. Um, you know, and then some of your other rooms as well. It depends on what in depth you're going to get in renovations. Right. Um, outside landscaping is not as much. You don't recoup a whole lot on the landscaping part. Now, over the last couple of years, um, in-ground pools have been, we've been giving them more value um, due to COVID and people having to stay home and stuff. We've noticed that um, you're recouping not 100% of the cost, but quite a bit of the cost of putting in pools and, and doing some backyard um, renovations also, um, which has been interesting for the amount of time I've been in business. I've never seen that. The pool is always the thing that the you know you're going to limit your buyer pool with a when you have a pool right and then and that's, that's right that's yes a little bit but. yeah yeah but it's it's you know like I said over the last couple of years that thought process has changed and people are are basically backyard oasis right now yes um you know where they haven't been able to go and do anything but they could maybe invite family members over or you know a few friends and concentrate in the backyard and there's a lot of pools that went in over the last two to three years but pool companies were insanely busy right so yeah. yes they are yeah. and i remember you know even even the canadian tire blow-up pool you couldn't get for a long time so that's exactly right yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that goes over the next three to five years of all these pools that went in. Will we go back to, you know, once people can travel more and they get back into traveling, the pool thing will be very interesting. Yes, it will. Yeah, yeah. So let's say I'm looking to buy my first home, um, you know, or, or maybe I'm looking, let's start with, I, I want to buy my first home or, or an investment property, you know, and it's going to be something that I'm not living in forever. What should I look for in maybe a house or, or my neighborhood to make sure that when I do go to resell this house, that I am getting value. It's funny you say about resale. I was thinking about that as you were asking the question. You always keep resale in the back of your head just in case, because you never know your first home. Is it going to be something you're going to be there for quite some time? Or is it something that you want to grow into? So you buy a little bit bigger right off the bat. And I mean, affordability comes into play too. Always, always keep affordability for yourself in in your mind when you're looking for an, a home. Mm -hmm. um, but you also want to, like you had mentioned, neighborhood. You know, you don't want to be next door to an industrial building right? Um, that's given off toxins and so on and so forth. And that's why they've put tried to keep those in industrial parks. But there are some areas that, you know, is a mixed community. Yeah. Um, but you always want to keep in mind resale. And the other thing is when you're going to buy your, whether it be your first home or at home, is you want to keep in mind that it's going to appraise. Right. Because that comes into play on the lending side um, for financing. And if it doesn't appraise, you know, that buyer has to come up with the difference between the purchase price and the appraisal price. Right. So there's those kinds of things you want to keep in mind. Um, the other thing is, you know, you try to pick a neighborhood that you know is um, advantageous to yourself, you know, local schools, um, if you've got kids, that kind of thing. But um, you just you, you look around and see what your neighboring properties look like and even drive through the subdivision and see if people have um, made updates on the outsides because you know that they're being maintained so you know your neighborhood would be you know a good neighborhood to be in right right 
What about on the flip side, like in terms of an investment property, if I want to buy something for a tenant to, to live in, is there anything that you, you know, I should be looking for that way? And, and how does, you know, fair market rent evaluation, how does that come about? How do we, how do you build on that? Well, um, for investment properties, I mean, again, you look at location um, because you want to make sure, again, your neighboring properties are maintained and it's, and it's in a good neighborhood. Um, for, you know, it's di different types of investments too, because some people like buying single family dwellings right. and then turn around and rent them out and like to have a few of those on the go where other people like to buy multi-units, right. um, whether it be commercial residential mix or whether it just be residential. Um, and, and with those, we do, when we're valuing multi-units, not looking at single families as an investment, but multi-units, we do look at what the rental income is and also what market rents are, because right. there are some units out there that are below market rent, right? um, only because they've had tenants in them for so long and, and they've just with the increases, they just aren't what the market rents are. So you look at both of those because you know that if one tenant moves out, that market rent or that rental unit will rent for a lot more money. So we take that into consideration when we're looking at the income approach and on multi-units, we'll look at the income approach as well as the direct comparison approach. Um, so then you also get into your capitalization rates, which you know, a buyer should go over um, with their realtor as well on the capitalization rates and where they're sitting and so forth, um, just so they know what that market's been doing. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, they're, you know, their bond rates and and there's your interest rates and and all that kind of stuff that can come into play. Right. Um, but you, you want to make sure that you've got a, a decent return on that investment. Right, for sure. And you talk about multi-units a little bit there. There's the new rules that have, have, have come into place for, you know, building that auxiliary dwelling unit, whether you're building, you know, the uh, the in-law suite or, or a secondary unit on your property. I know, you know, the tiny home is, we've seen that. I, I'm actually building one myself. Tell me a little bit, how does that affect the value of a home? Um, interestingly enough, we don't have a lot of data on that yet because the change just came into play. Yes. Um, but what's it? Even more interesting is now zoning allows it, whereas before it didn't. Yes. So you take that single family home and now you can go through the proper procedures with the county to get that accessory dwelling in the basement, let's use for example, right. as long as um, all that comes into play and you go through it through the proper channels, we can look at that single family home with an accessory dwelling unit in the basement. Right. If it hasn't gone through the proper channels, we actually have to look at that as just a finished basement. Right. So that's where your rental income would come into play a little bit more on your single family yeah. with an accessory dwelling unit in the basement than if you were just renting out your house, you know, as a single family. Um, and with the multi, with the multi units, um, like I said, we don't have a lot of data on the accessory dwelling. So we're keeping a close eye on that, right. um, to see where prices are going to shake out because it, it is like having two houses on one piece of property, yes. but I think the rental side might come into play a little bit more in that regard. Um, when we've 
we've had the odd lender that if there's been two dwellings on a piece of property in the past, they've allowed us to put that second dwelling in. Right. But it's give more of a contributory value than An kind of a independent value. Right. Right. No, that's good. It'll be it'll be very interesting to see where that goes with the uh, the new ADUs and, and be able to have that auxiliary dwelling because I, I assume we're probably going to see those. They're they're very popular. Everybody I've talked to is is definitely interested in them. So yeah, and they have been for a long time. Actually, we've um I've run across it probably about four or five years ago where there was some talk about it, and now it's been put in place. So it it'll be very interesting to see. Uh, so let's not wrap if I've got, you know, maybe I'm, I'm doing a refinance or I'm, uh, you know, I'm buying a home and, and you're, you're, I, I get a call from the bank that Brenda Cooper's coming to see my house. What are some tips for you that, you know, for me of what I should do to have my house prepared to, uh, to, to maximize that value in an appraisal? Actually, we don't look at housekeeping. Okay. Um, it's, we look at things a little bit different than what a realtor would if they're getting it ready to put on the market. Right. Um, life comes into play with everybody. Yeah. And that's a concern and a question we do get. Well, my house is a mess or that kind of stuff. And we don't look necessarily look at that. Yes, it doesn't leave a good impression sometimes, but right. you have to look beyond that at times. Like you got to look at the condition of the house. Right. You're looking at the extras that that house provides. You're right. not looking at how the people live. Right. Um, you know, if it's downright dirty, yeah, we make comments in, in that regard and, and so forth. But as long as things are neat and tidy, um, pictures will show what that house looks like. Right. And there's and we take interior pictures as well as exterior pictures. So, um, you know, we don't usually get into a checklist. Right. Um, for people to get prepared. Um, we just tell them that housekeeping, you know, we ignore that portion, but we do look at condition and like I said, extras and, and that kind of stuff. Right. So making sure, making sure you don't have holes in the walls. And, and, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining today. I, I, last thing I'd like to do in all of our, our podcasts is, is kind of promote a little bit local. We, we have a great, uh, Haldeman Norfolk is a great place to live and, 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 and work and everything that we do here. What's maybe some, you know, we're, we're getting into the spring market. What's your favorite thing to do in the spring in, uh, in our area? My favorite thing to do is to walk. I like to go on walks, whether it be the hiking trails, um, you know, whether it be just for a walk in the subdivisions, but that's probably about my most favorite thing to do. And I mean, you know, go down to Dover and take a walk and grab an ice cream or, you know, something like that while you're down there. Um, I, we do visit the wineries. So yes. I mean, there's a plug for the wineries for Norfolk County. Um, but we, we try to, um, get out and about and, and do different things, um, especially with the weather changing. And there's some great trails. You know, I, I know I, I, we had the Lynn Valley trail right by our house here. So it's always great to go for a walk down there and, um, great place. So. What about your favorite festival? What's your favorite local festival? My favorite local festival would probably be Norfolk County Fair. Gotta be. Yeah. Um, you know, we also sponsor Norfolk, um, different things at Norfolk County Fair as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say that's probably my most favorite. Awesome. Awesome. What about, uh, what if you're going out for a coffee or going for breakfast? Where's your favorite place to go? 
We've um, actually been to the Schreier a few times for breakfast and they put on a really good breakfast there. Yeah, up in the Travel Lodge. Yes, yes, yeah. For sure. As we call it, the West End of town. The West End, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about a restaurant? Where you know where are you going for dinner? If you got Friday night, you're going out for dinner. Where are we going? Oh, gee, there's so many to choose from. We actually like to switch it up all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, we we do go to Schofields, um, two eleven. Um, we seem to hit Dover kind of a little more than we do in the Simcoe. Now we hadn't been for a while to the arms. So we hit the arms there, um, last weekend and it was good. It was really good. Um, not that they all aren't, um, but it's, there's so many to choose from sometimes it's like you almost sit there and don't know where to go. Absolutely. There's a, there's a lot of great places for sure. For sure. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I know there's some great little uh, tips and some information there for, for homeowners and buyers that uh, that are looking to buy in, in the spring market coming up. So thank you for joining us today. Not a problem. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. A huge thank you to Brenda Cooper for joining us today. If you are looking to buy, sell, or invest in Haldeman, Norfolk County, my team and my preferred partners give you the local competitive advantage. Like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on everything going on.